Welcome back, Warriors. Kwe Nin Deluizi Pam Palmeter, and I'm the host of this podcast, The Warrior Life. We cover everything from native sovereignty, treaties, and land back to decolonization, reconciliation, and how to support the struggle. So if you're interested in hearing from Native peoples from sovereign nations all over Turtle Island talk about their experiences on the front lines of Indigenous resistance, resurgence, revitalization, and advocacy, then this is the podcast for you. So stay tuned, because today's podcast is a little different. Welcome back to the Warrior Life Podcast. Today I want to share with you a very special podcast that I created for the Imaginative Podcast Project called Flow. Flow is a commissioning project that features six durational audio works by Indigenous artists from all over the world that connect distant listeners to site-specific bodies of water. The project description reads as follows. Meditating on sites such as lakes, rivers, bays, glaciers, ponds, and seas, these original works explore intersections of water, indigenous geographies, and bodies. Collectively, these methods instigate pathways towards the transformation of inherited oppression, shifting toward fully rounded ancestral embodiment. Flow seeks to provide opportunities for Indigenous artists to explore ancestral ontologies concerning water through sonic storytelling. And I was one of the six Indigenous artists that premiered our podcast at Imaginative's Film and Media Arts Festival this year at a space gallery in downtown Toronto on October 20th. It was curated by Jesse King and Melissa Johns, who did a beautiful job setting up the space and allowing artists to speak to the audience about each of our specific podcasts. They also played the trailers for each of the podcasts in a separate room. And here's my podcast trailer. I traveled back home to Mi'kma'ki, to my home community of Okbaganjig, to think about how to protect Samguan, the water. As Mi'kmaq, we are taught that water is alive, a living spirit that speaks to us in its own ancient language. But humans have forgotten how to listen to water. And now, water is in trouble. Humans are flooding the oceans with chemicals and trash, filling the atmosphere with greenhouse gases, clear-cutting forests, destroying streams and rivers, and pipeline construction leaks and ruptures contaminate the water. But we are standing up for the water, because water is life. And as I leave Mi'kma'ki, I look forward to summer when I can hear Samguan's voice again. My podcast is called Samguan. It's the Mi'kmaq word for water. It took me a long time to think about how to put this project together. I'm usually pretty focused on politics and law and critical analysis. I wasn't quite sure how to do something more artistic. I knew for sure that I wanted people to listen or hear the sounds of the water from my home territory in Mi'kma'ki. 
my home community of Eel River Bar First Nation, Ugbeganjig, sits on the Bay of Shalor, which is part of the Atlantic Ocean. And there's so much beauty in nature there. In addition to the water, you can hear everything else, like the birds and the wind and everything. But I also wanted people to understand not just the beauty of water or the importance of water, but the threats that water faces all over the world from exploitation and pollution and the urgent need to protect water. And of course, wouldn't be a Mi'kmaq podcast without Mi'kmaq music. And I am so honored that Eastern Eagle Singers, literally the best Mi'kmaq powwow drummer and singer group ever, allowed me to use one of their songs for this project. And the song has the same title as my project. It's called Samguan, and it's from their album, It Gives Us Life, released in 2018. I have been listening to Eastern Eagle Singers for as long as I can remember, and I actually think that they were one of the first powwow tapes I ever bought for my car. They've literally been playing powwow music for well over 20 years, and I am so thankful to Eastern Eagle Singers for allowing me to use that song, and also for Tribal Spirit Music for helping us make it all happen. Part of the project also required that I made a one-minute video trailer. So I'm proud to say that my eldest son, Mitchell, traveled with me back to our home territory to be part of this project with me. He's a certified drone operator, so he was able to take some amazing videos of the water back home on the Bay of Shalor, both in the summer and in the winter. He also flew the drone over our reserve and captured some great footage for this video trailer, including the bridge that leads to the entrance of our reserve. Unfortunately for him, we had to do several takes of the drone flying around me to get sort of a panoramic video because every time that drone slowly buzzed in front of my face, I could not stop laughing. I don't know if it was the buzzing or just the look of the drone, but I literally couldn't stop laughing. So we had to keep filming that over and over and over. We even crashed the drone into some snowy trees, but managed to rescue it. So thank you, my son, for helping me with this project. I could not have done it without you. So let's get right into the podcast, but stay tuned right after for an exciting update. Here is my podcast, Samguan, Water. Samguan. Samguan is the Mi'kmaq word for water. The Mi'kmaq have many words for water, which describe whether it is calm, rapid, shallow, muddy, or salty. We are taught that water is alive, a living spirit that speaks to us in its own ancient language. But humans have forgotten how to listen to water. And now, the water is in trouble. Kwe, mean Deloisi Pampalmeter. I am Olnu. I come from the sovereign Mi'kmaq Nation in unceded Mi'kma'agi. 
my home community is Ukbaganjig, also known as Eel River Bar First Nation. I come from a large extended family, connected to many other families in both the Mi'kmaq Nation and Wollastoquay Nation. Although I have lived in other places in Mi'kma'ki and Wollastoquay territories, I was born and lived the first years of my life near the ocean and my home community. Ukbaganjig is located in the Gesbeg district of Mi'kma'ki, in the northern part of what is now known as New Brunswick, in eastern Canada. There are many wetlands, marshes, streams, and rivers in my home territory, but it is the Bay of Shalor that reminds me most of back home. The Bay of Shalor is an arm of the Gulf of St. Lawrence, located between what is now known as Quebec and New Brunswick, fed by the Atlantic Ocean. My fondest memories are with my brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, and cousins swimming in the water or exploring the beach. I remember sitting on the warm sand, watching the waves wash in and out. The smell of salt water in the air and the frantic sounds of seabirds searching for fish. But the ocean water is not always this talkative. When the seasons change and winter sets in, you can no longer hear the water speaking. During winter, the wind's voice slowly replaces that of the waters as the surface of the bay becomes frozen. Regardless of the season, water represents home, family, culture, and community to me. Our Mi'kmaq teachings remind us that water is life. Samguan, water, it's the foundation of all life on Mother Earth. It has sustained the Mi'kmaq for thousands of years, since time immemorial. From the water, Mi'kmaq always had access to healthy food. We fished for lobster and shellfish in the ocean and dug for clams in the shallow, sandy water. In the nearby rivers and streams, the Mi'kmaq fished for salmon, mackerel, and trout. We also gathered strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, and edible plants when we weren't hunting for different animals, depending on the season. The Mi'kmaq have always had access to nutritional food because of how water sustains the entire ecosystem, humans, animals, birds, fish, and insects, as well as trees and plants. Even our traditional medicines that we use in our ceremonies grow in the fields and forests near water sources. Our minds, bodies, and spirits are nourished by and dependent on someone, water. So when I see how water is being treated by humans, I worry for our collective futures. 
Humans are flooding the oceans with chemicals and trash, killing birds, fish, and sea creatures. Humans are filling the atmosphere with greenhouse gases. The increasing carbon dioxide levels contribute to global warming and climate disasters. Carbon dioxide is also absorbed by seawater, increasing its acidity. Commercial fishers are overfishing and killing sea creatures with their dangerous and often illegal practices. Warming waters, ocean acidification, and overfishing is also killing coral reefs, a precious part of the fish ecosystem. But ocean waters are not the only waters impacted by irresponsible human activity. Corporations clear-cutting forests create runoffs that muddy rivers and precious water sources. Clear-cutting forests also destroys an important carbon sink which contributes to climate change. The extractive industry continues to poison indigenous lands and waters, killing plants, animals, birds and fish. And the fossil fuel industry and their thousands of kilometers of pipelines are particularly dangerous to our water. Pipeline construction, leaks, ruptures and explosions contaminate the air, the land and the water. Studies show that the majority of fossil fuels released into the environment after an accident remain unrecovered. Yet all of these destructive activities continue. Frankly, Mr. Speaker, under the current circumstances of the oil and gas sector, it would be crazy, it would be crazy economic policy to do unilateral penalties on that sector. We're clearly not going to do it. The Government of Canada's objective has been clear. To develop the vital infrastructure that is critical to our ability to get Canadian resources to global markets. The Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion is a vital strategic interest to Canada. It will be built. We were elected in 2019 on a commitment uh, to do everything possible to get pipelines built. Well, uh, the rule of law applies in British Columbia. All of the permits are in place for this project to proceed. It will be proceeding. Uh, this project is proceeding and uh, the rule of law needs to prevail in British Columbia. But we are standing up for someone. Indigenous peoples all over the world are risking their physical safety and personal freedoms to stand on the front lines to protect the water. Thousands of Indigenous land defenders and water protectors from more than 300 Native American tribes, hundreds of First Nations in Canada, and other Indigenous nations from all over the world stood in defense of the water at Standing Rock Sioux Nation against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Water is Life became not only a hashtag, but an international wake-up call about the threats to our water from pipelines, mining, clear-cutting, and fossil fuels. 
the majority of the world's fresh water sources are being drained faster than they are replenished, while the demand for water is expected to increase by 50% in coming years. We must support indigenous water protectors as they plead with the world to listen to the water again. Listen to someone. Colonizing countries like Canada have engaged in hundreds of years of genocidal laws, policies, and practices to steal our indigenous lands, waters, and resources by violently dispossessing, oppressing, and removing indigenous peoples from our lands. They have legislated, regulated, controlled, commodified, and politicized access to clean water sources. But indigenous peoples have never stopped listening to the water. We know that water is critical to all life on the planet. Killing the water is killing ourselves. While indigenous peoples stand in increasing numbers to protect the water against pipelines, countries like Canada vilify, criminalize, arrest, and remove us from our own territories. Standing Rock Sioux Nation water protectors against Dakota Access Pipeline, Red Lake Band of Chippewa Indians and White Earth Band of Ojibwe water protectors against Enbridge Line 3 Pipeline, Shikwepmik water protectors against Trans Mountain Pipeline, Khutsoatin water protectors against Coastal Gaslink Pipeline, Mi'kmaq water protectors against Southwestern Energy Hydrofracking, and the Mi'kmaq water protectors against Alton Gas's fracked gas. But this is no easy task. Indigenous land defenders and water protectors have lost their lives. Many have been arrested, fined, and jailed. Others face condemnation from society and sometimes from their own communities. We face governments who have racist and violent law enforcement behind them, police officers that act like private security for the extractive industry. We face greedy transnational corporations with endless wealth that have undue influence in governments and regulatory bodies. We know that the extractive industry is one of the most violent of all industries towards Indigenous peoples. They have exploited Indigenous lands and bodies all over the world with near impunity. Their own studies show that breaching human rights is a core part of their extractive practices. But we never give up. We are forcing the change, and we have the law on our side. Mi'kmaq laws and other Indigenous laws which uphold our inherent rights to govern our territories and protect the water. Canadian laws which claim to protect our Aboriginal treaty and land rights, as well as our human rights. And international laws that recognize and protect our sovereign, inherent rights to be self-determining, to manage and protect the resources in our territories, and to decide what happens to the lands and waters. Canada has now adopted the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and has confirmed that it has applicability in Canadian law. Canada must now ensure that its laws, policies and practices conform to these minimum human rights standards.
That includes respecting the Indigenous right to free, prior and informed consent before anything happens to our lands and waters. Mi'kmaq peoples, together with other Indigenous peoples, are also educating the world about the urgent need to protect water. Now, we are seen, we are heard. More and more Canadians, Americans and people worldwide are standing beside Indigenous peoples in this righteous mission to protect the water. Non-government groups and organizations dedicated to human rights, the environment, women's equality and safety, anti-poverty, anti-homelessness, food security and many others are working in solidarity with social justice movements like Idle No More led by Indigenous peoples, Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate and environmental movements to protect the earth. And the world is listening. Even the United Nations has spoken out about the devastation being done to Indigenous lands and waters. They've called out the human rights violations in the extractive industry. They've highlighted the increasing criminalization and violence towards Indigenous water protectors. And have even told Canada to put a moratorium on pipeline projects like Trans Mountain Pipeline and Coastal GasLink Pipelines. Unless and until they have the free, prior and informed consent of Indigenous peoples. And it's the grassroots Indigenous peoples that are on the ground, acting in accordance with Indigenous laws and a deep respect for the water that is making such a profound difference. More and more scientists are starting to realize that the last best chance we have to save the water and save the planet is by supporting Indigenous peoples. Yes, we still face barriers but they are not insurmountable. While the job of protecting the water might seem overwhelming at times, we must not forget to celebrate our successes. We reminded the world at Standing Rock that water is life. We stopped Southwestern Energy in New Brunswick. We stopped Alton Gas in Nova Scotia. We stopped Frontier Oil Sands Mine in Alberta, Enbridge Northern Gateway Pipeline in BC, TC Energy's Energy East from Alberta to New Brunswick, and we stopped TC Energy's Keystone XL Pipeline from Canada to the United States. We did it for the water, and we continue to do it for the water. Now more than ever, our communities must work together to ensure the health, safety, and well-being of our families, our communities, and our nations by protecting the water. And it's only by working together across multiple political views, faiths, cultures, abilities, and identities that we can save the water and in turn, save the planet from destruction. If we can strip away all the politics and recognize that the health of the water is our collective responsibility, then we're going to be okay. And I believe we will be okay. I want to make sure that I can always go home to Mi'kma'ki and enjoy the lakes, rivers, streams, and the ocean. I want to make sure that my children and my children's children, many generations into the future, can also enjoy this. And I also want to make sure that all living things in our territory 
have the same access to clean water. If we want a future with clean water for humans, animals, birds and fish, if we want to prevent further global warming and climate disasters, if we want to protect Mother Earth for future generations, we must listen to the water again. We call on all of humanity to listen to someone and join indigenous peoples around the world to protect our precious water. Samguan na mimajuakan, alusudamadine jukchit samguan. Water is life, pray for the water. I hope you all like this. I could have made this podcast hours long because there's just so many issues to cover. But our commission project had to be under 20 minutes, and I barely just fit under that time frame. But I also want to share with you some great news. In addition to this podcast being featured at Imaginative this year, it was also chosen to be part of the Echo Nation Audio and Film Festival in Manchester, United Kingdom. I'm just so excited that all of the people participating in the Echo Nation Festival will get to hear my podcast. But the best news is that my podcast won the best podcast in the below 30 minutes category. Thank you so much, Echo Nation, for helping to lift up the work of an Indigenous woman, digital media artist, and content creator. I'm just so proud that Imaginative folks, my son Mitchell, and Eastern Eagle singers were all part of this special award-winning project. And thank you to each of you, the Warrior Life podcast listeners, for always tuning into my podcast every week and for supporting it. I really appreciate it. I can actually see the impact of all of you taking the time to learn more about Indigenous issues and all of the injustices so that you can do more, not just to lift the Indigenous voices of all of the warriors on the ground, but to take real action for social justice and earth justice. Some of you help me keep this podcast independent by supporting me financially through Buy Me A Coffee app, the Patreon app, or the Ko-fi app, while others help trigger the algorithm by liking, sharing, and commenting on these posts and leaving good ratings for the podcast. Even some teachers share this in their classrooms. Thank you so much, educators. Till next time, keep living a warrior life. Walalia. We'll